0: and finding the happiness you deserve. Thank you for joining us. Woo, welcome, this is Gemma. I know I missed you again yesterday, I was in the car very early, actually on a boat very early, so I was not able to get out my podcast yesterday, but I'm okay with that, I think you are. Here we are, yay. Um, So much good stuff is happening. I feel electrified with excitement over everything, And I got to tell you, as much as I, well, you know, as much as I'm sharing that there's so much electric going on, I may not have words for all of it, but it is an amping up of our own personal experience. And if you're listening to this, I know you are ready for it or that it's happening for you and you see it. And so I am, oh, I'm so excited. And, um, Oof, there are no coincidences. There are no coincidences. It's all a synchronicity. It's like a symphony for your life. And the more, um, the more attentive you are, the more you will get out of it. So this journey that you're on is full of messages and synchronicities and just beautiful like opportunities for you to thrive. However, most people are not paying attention. They're caught up in their programs and beliefs and their misery and their worry and their anxiety, and they're missing all the beautiful little synchronicities being offered and offered and offered for them to explode their journey, to be on point with their journey, to be like on the path of least diversion, you know, the path of least resistance. So, Wow. Okay. So I want to go into a deeper kind of concept of that. There's a sentence in this book I'm reading. It says, everything we expect, good or bad, conscious or unconscious, we are helping to bring into being. Our prayer is an energy or power that emanates from us in all directions. Now, prayer is thought. Thought is prayer. So what have you been thinking? Are you worried about something because that is your prayer and the unconscious world does not know. I don't like this. It does not know no. It does not know no. So if you're thinking about a burglar, it means bring a burglar. I'd like to meet a burglar. If not, if you see you have to embrace what you want. If you want flow, if you want safety and security, you have to think about how wonderful your life is safe and secure. Not thinking about a burglar stopping at the window because there's bars on it. I mean, my goodness. And that brings me back to this story, which I've told you before about how, and I think that this, okay, so first let me tell you the story. And then I'm going to tell you what my experience was with this story. Um, the story is that for a long time, I was really paranoid that I was going to run into a black widow spider. Now where I live, they weren't common. They weren't everywhere. You, if you did not know to look for it, you would never see one in your lifetime. <clears throat> mm. So I was living with a family as an au pair. I was riding a motorcycle. That was my main vehicle as a motorcycle. And, um, yeah, they had a covered porch, you know, beautiful covered porch. Um it didn't get covered with spiders or anything. Um and I think yeah, and I didn't leave my stuff outside. I mean, maybe if I ran in for a second or something, but usually I brought it all in. Anyway, one day and this fear had been going on for many, many months, maybe even a year. And it was just a subtle fear that I was going to run into this spider. And um so then one day, I went to pick up my extra helmet, and when I went to pick it up, because you grab a helmet like a motorcycle helmet with your thumb on the outside and your fingers on the inside—that's the like the most weight, you know, weight distributed whatever technique. So you just pick it up like that. And um, I felt something sticky on my fingertips, and I turned the helmet over, and there was a spider web, and then a spider came out, and it was a black widow, and the black widow. Kind of scurried to try to hide, right? Because it realized it was found. And I freaked out and I dropped the helmet and it rolled on the spider and accidentally killed it because I would not have killed that spider. And I felt horrible. I felt horrible. I would have taken it outside and I just felt horrible. But after that experience, all right, and there and there on, I will never forget that because that was almost like a little personal parable or something that came into my life to teach me that which you think about you bring to you and it is so powerful so what stories have you been have you been chewing on have you been fearing have you have you have you been one of those people who says don't do that or this will happen don't do that or this will happen you know don't stand so close to the stairs you're gonna fall down you know don't don't be doing this it's it's too scary you know if you do this this will happen it's like there's this, I've noticed it. And especially with the helicopter parents, it's like, let's cover every single problem that could happen, but we're basically just engineering that it will happen, that something critical will happen. And whoo! this does not make us virulent people. It makes us fearful people. And my daughter rejected this at a very young age. I, I mean, I didn't do it to her first off. You know, I was there to catch her and, and make sure that nothing serious happened. But I didn't bar her from the stairs. I didn't uh, force her to hold my hand. I didn't put her in a stroller with straps on it. I didn't carry her in a little hand buggy, crapple, a thingy where you tie your kid in there and you never hold him. I didn't do that either. I sat her on the counter. I taught her to use a knife when she was like two and a half, three years old. Um, as soon as she wanted to use a knife, I taught her to use a knife. Uh, she sat on the counter until she started to stand up, and then we had like a, a what do you call it? a transition period where I was like, she wasn't stable enough on her feet yet. But then when she was stable on her feet, I sat her on the counter again. Then when she stood up, she walked on the counters. She never fell off the counter. And then as soon as I could, I provided her with her own stairs to get on the counter because that was where the action was. You know, that was where she wanted to be, where we were cooking and and doing and being. She wanted to be up there with me. So. Woo! Okay. So back to this, everything we expect, good or bad, conscious or unconscious, we are helping to bring into being. Wow. There is so much going on on this planet right now. And I am so excited because before COVID, I was saying, I was having these little visions of us going back to little villages, little connected villages where everyone knew everyone. Didn't mean you loved. I mean, let's not say love because I always love everybody, but Maybe you didn't like hanging out with everybody in your village, but you knew them all. Just like you know all your family members, but some people you'd rather hang out with and some you wouldn't. Mm. So I guess today's podcast is about minding your thoughts. And this isn't the first time I've spoken about this, but we are going to build on this. So please make a special note to yourself that your thoughts are vital for your freedom. They're vital for your happiness and they're vital for the freedom of the planet. Because if you can't learn to consciously control your thoughts, you are not gonna be part of the solution. And that's how we help the planet, is that we connect. And it doesn't take many of us. You know, the tipping point is what, 10%? So you could be part of the 90%ers and just wait and ride until the 10%ers, you know, like float to the top and take care of things for you. Or you could, you could be part of the 10 percenters. I've always loved being a 10 percenter. I've always loved being one of those people who recognizes the value in something and jumps on it, who finds a a inspired action that really is not socially like the thing and jumping on that inspired action. You know, my whole life has been one of, ah, not on point with the status quo. I don't know what the term is for that, but definitely not on point with the status quo. I became a, well, I, my God, everything I did was based in my reality and my thought processes on what made sense for me. Not what made sense for my mom or for the planet or for anything else, but tuning into my guidance and what made sense. And what makes sense for me when I'm tuned into my guidance is serving the highest good of all. So my first vehicle was a motorcycle, uh, to move out of my parents' house, I became an au pair, which in Europe is more common, you know, here, not so much. And then, um, I became a truck driver at 21. I was one of the youngest truck drivers. Um, not long after I became a truck driver, they raised the age of truck drivers to 23. So I kind of was in that little, you know, I was in a little window there, um, so I became a truck driver. I paid cash for a house I bought when I was 23 years old. I bought a house and paid cash for it. That's definitely not status quo. I never had a, a college debt. That's not status quo. Um, let's see. I did the truck driving. I did a lot of isolation to do my own personal healing. So between the house on the Island, which was my house I bought for cash or with cash with my, um, with my first husband. Um, And with with that and with the truck driving, there was a lot of space for me to heal and release all the old beliefs and programs. And I got to tell you, back then, it was like slow motion. I felt like, you know, it was perfect for me. The slow motion molasses style like expansion was perfect for me because and it might be perfect for a lot of people who are in a negative space because too much too fast is just like mind boggling. But let me tell you, you will get your healing at the pace you are ready to heal. Your healing will be made evident to you at a pace you are able to do. So that is a beautiful thing. So I was in this low motion molasses stage and um, I spent 15 to 20 years just healing healing my thoughts and beliefs and recognizing how they showed up in my physical world, how all the, all the beliefs and stuff showed up in the physical world. So it was really always this cause and effect. Here are my thoughts. Wow. There's the effect in the material, physical world. Wow. You know? And then I recognized it when I was truck driving, when I was doing this and that. And some of it, you know, I like to be all like, Ooh, isn't this strange, you know, how, um, this is happening. And then realizing I was making it happen. It's not so strange when you realize you're the cause of it. So, uh, I did truck driving not long after truck driving. I shaved my head. It felt perfect and perfect and perfect. And I haven't, there was only a brief period of like six months or so, nine months where I grew my hair out. But other than that, it's been shaved since then. And let's see, it just goes on and on. You know, deciding to have a kid when I was 38 or 39. Mm. All of it, all of it, perfect synchronicity for me and my life. I'm not saying it's a template for anyone else to do, not at all. But when we go within, we get the perfect template. I have no regrets. I have absolutely no regrets for my entire life. It, it, I can see the beautiful synchronicity and plan in there and how it just gave me the speed that was ideal for me to come to this point in my life. It was all perfect. And you have that opportunity too. So the focus right now is thought and recognizing that your thought is creating your world. And this is massive. And I'm going to give you another massive chunk tomorrow. So very, very much, I want you to start to consider that, wow, Is my thought creating this? I mean, start to have that heart-to-heart through your heart energy field with consciousness. Start to have that relationship if you're not already having it. If you are having it, go deeper with these questions and just say, hmm, is what Gemma says true about me creating my reality? And watch, you'll get a sign. You will get a sign. I don't want a sign anymore of like spider showing up. I don't want those signs anymore. I believe it. I'm on it. (laughs) And I am going to mind my energy. So you have a thought and then you have the energy field that goes along with it. This creates a powerhouse. Now, a lot of people are not having a very strong energy field or a strong thought pattern, or they're going back and forth. So what happening, what's happening is they're not creating any strong field of any sort of creation. And without a strong field, your life will seem very ho-hum, ho-hum. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. But if you came here to be a creator, like myself, if you came here to live a fully high-potential experience life, if you are tired of uh, daydreaming um, like through a fog, if you're tired of feeling numb, if you're tired of despair and low frequency, and if you're tired of the grayness, then it's time. It's just time We raise our frequency by loving ourselves, by loving ourselves, and then we can tell we're loving ourselves because the world becomes very HD, high def, lots of color, lots of depth, lots of detail. It just is like, wah! It's amazing. And um, the things that are beneficial to you become highly attractive when you're in a higher frequency. The things that are beneficial to you when you're in low frequency become kind of repulsive. We resist them. Woo. So now that was a lot for today. Ah, I love a lot. You know, it's just so much fun. Anyway, I love you. Check out those thoughts today. Bring in some good ones. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Thank you for joining us on That Happiness Show. If you'd like more information or have questions, you can reach me at jemmafacette.com or 401-699-6142. Private sessions are available as well as retreats. It is time to wake up and learn to love yourself again. Thank you for listening. This is Gemma Fawcett, host of That Happiness Show.